Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the season finale, 2001 Tour Championship picks, bets, and end-of-the-season awards from myself and Jeff Feinberg. Remember to smash the like button to the episode, and in the comment section, tell me who your player of the year is, because I think this is, I don't know if it's a complete like toss-up, but I think there's some compelling cases that you can make for certain players. So just one name, who is it player of the year for? the 2020-2021 season before we take a huge layoff of one week and then the next season actually starts. This is the end of the regular Monday, now Tuesday shows uh, for golf. I will still have the DraftKings pick show every week on Tuesdays during the NFL season, but myself and Jeff will be on the Wednesday Pat Mayo Experience breaking down all the spreads for the NFL games. If you haven't checked out the NFC win total show yet, that came out on Monday. Thursday, you're going to have the AFC win total show. So that is all great. Great news, and I want to remind everyone, if you want the biggest advantage you can get during the swing season for golf, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get 20% off. As the fields get weaker, the stats become even more important once we get a little bit of a sample moving forward. So whether it's for DraftKings, whether it's for betting, uh, that is something that you're going to want to look into, fantasynational.com, the most customizable stat database on the planet. So go become a member right now if you haven't done that already. And congratulations to the winner for the Race of the Mayo Cup one-and-done event. Congratulations to me for slightly ousting Jeff as the winner of our personal one-and-done. That's like the only one-and-done money I'll ever get for the rest of my life. Anything that's outside of like the three of us is the only thing that I'm not even good at it. I'm just better than you two at it. So that's the way that that ended up going because Justin Thomas outlasted Scotty Scheffler. I think, anyway, Jeff is... Thomas beat Scheffler, right? I think I'm not sure, man. I don't. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I think so. I should probably. I should probably look into that. I just assume that he beat him because I saw that chef. I would... don't think I could have jumped you. I don't think it would have been enough if you beat him by a stroke or something. No, they anyway. they actually tied for T22. So I beat you yeah. by the marginal amount I was beating you by anyway. Cuss needed Brooks to win in order to do that. Obviously, he didn't. So we'll recap last week, which was awesome uh, for at least the parts that I saw because I was away most of the weekend and got home on hole 16 of the final round, which, you know, was like in watching another round after that. But that was great. Uh, then we have Eastlink. I don't have a ton of Eastlake thoughts, to be perfectly honest with you. We'll talk about maybe ways that they can fix this or at least generate some sort of excitement because it's not super exciting. I mean, it will be on Sunday when we're watching it, but going into the week, it's really like, eh, there's no DraftKings show this week because DraftKings with 29 guys in this field. I mean, use Fantasy Nationals. Uh, don't, don't bother with me. But a new race, not to the Mayo Cup. That's going to start at the Sony Open next year. But if you want to play a full season of one and done, the first one is already filled. Uh, so now there's a second one up. Fangolfchamp.com or FantasyGolfChampionships.com. It's 50 bucks to play. It's like a 50-person, 53-person one and done, I believe it is. That's going to go all season long. So it's winnable with the amount of people in it. And it's just a lot of fun to keep you, yourself invested in golf throughout the season. So we're we're just going to create a whole bunch of these smaller one and done before we do the huge one that starts in January that everyone will play with. But if you love the one and done and you want to get into it, there are new ones up right now starting in a week's time or two weeks time. Sorry, at the Vivent, formerly the Safeway Open uh, at FantasyGolfChampionships.com plus NFL prop competition for the Mayo Media Network. Uh, if you deposit on prize picks, you'll have to play $7.11 in 
once per week to get into the contest. It's going to be a season-long one with your picks every single week adding up. It's going to be like the super contest. Highly recommend that you play in it. If you use code MMN at your deposit on prizepicks.com, uh, you will get a deposit match of up to 100 bucks. So you just deposit 100 bucks, you'll get the match of 100 bucks, and you get all your money for the season to play in this. Uh, it's like whoever gets the most over-under props right per week or per the season uh, is going to win whatever we figure out is the pool. It's not official yet, but that's actually what's going to happen. We're going to work on the prize pools and the prizes, and there's going to be weekly payouts if you get all your picks right. So it's only a $7.11 to play every single week, and we'll boost up the weekly payouts on that as well. So prizepicks.com, code MMN, um, and then go do that, and you'll be in the pool. We'll have more details on that starting next week on the football shows, but if you want a props season-long pool to play, and this is going to be a really fun one. You play against me, you play against Jeff, you play against Cust, play against all the viewers of the show. So I recommend you do that. So the prize picks code MMN and Fantasy Golf Championships for the new one and done that is out there right now. Jeffrey, um, I hedged I hedged out last week on Finau, and that was a disastrous decision. But I stayed the course as I always do when I get to a head to head playoff and lock in some big money for the week. Not as big money as I would want if my guy won, but my guy didn't win this week and. I don't know. Would sports books have been shut down if Bryson won? Because everyone bet on Bryson last week. Yeah, I had multiple tickets. Would have been, it would have been glorious. Uh, things have been too good though. I you just gotta, I gotta roll with the punches. Uh, it went like I don't even know what I saw. It was so weird. All of it is a really amazing way to end the season. A frustrating way. Uh, I joked on Twitter that having my Bryson bet yesterday is pretty much the training camp my body needs for Charger season. Like, just disappointment time and time again. That's how I go to bed Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was absolutely wild. It was absolutely wild. Par from the water. Cantley did his answers before that. Um I don't know, before we really break it down, I just want to say, I think the 11th hole on Saturday and Sunday was such an insane, like, I don't want to say turning point, but it was incredible. Like Saturday, Bryson sticks it to like a foot and he's about to go up five or six and Cantley hits a 20 foot sideways on 11. So Bryson's four stroke lead, I think is all it ends up being. And then... I don't know. Maybe if Cantley didn't make birdie on that hole on Saturday, he wouldn't have felt the need to really push that shot that goes into the water, which starts his string of events on Saturday. And then yesterday, Bryson drives the green or pretty much drives the green on 11, just in front of it, sets himself up for like a four foot birdie. What does Cantley do again? Just nice sideways bomb. I don't want to say bomb, but like he did all week, just distance putts. So even before the playoff, I was thinking about that 11th hole or before the water ball, Bryson bogey on 17. That 11th hole was in my head all weekend. Yeah, how it played its role. Bryson made the same chip that I would make on the 17th hole on Sunday somehow, which I was not expecting because that would have locked up. It would have locked up the tournament. But I mean, Bryson played as well as he could play and can't lay gain the most strokes ever putting in a tournament. So what are we going to do? <laughs> Nothing. No, the guy made them all. He made them even on 18. I mean, yeah, I guess saving the bogey was insane. A huge moment for Cantley because Bryson went the wall. Or 
yeah, Bryson went in the water there the day before, and he made double. He couldn't make the bogey save from the drop zone. Well, so and, inc- well, and it's funny because Bryson basically did the exact same thing in the was it the fourth playoff hole when he finally went in the water, then saved par. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. And and Cantley's chip to like the I don't know even before Bryson missed the putts, it felt like Cantley did something extraordinary every time. You know, I guess a lot will be made about what happens to Bryson from here, but oh, he's amazing. He got nipped by, like you said, uh, like people want to invoke yesterday as some sort of indicator about Bryson's fortitude on any level uh, is ridiculous. He wins that tournament 99.9 times in the history of golf. Lost it yesterday, like our bets. Yeah, listen, Cantley played great. I don't want to take anything away from Cantley, but to say that like Bryson gagged it, I mean, there are certain times where you could say that. But he wanted to shot six under in the final pairing with Cantley, who also shot six under. They they both played great the entire week. Like I would be encouraged if I. I mean, it sucks that if you bet on Bryson, you didn't win. But as like the overall prospects of Bryson, like this wasn't like it was at the U.S. Open or it was at Memphis where he kind of melted down on Sunday. This wasn't a meltdown. He played great. Cantley played better. Kudos to Cantley. Yeah, kudos to Cantley. And hey, there were a lot of people, Pat, who had both of them. Uh, Me and you had Rory, right, to supplement Bryson. Yeah. And I got to say, for as attractive as last week's odds betting board was, I think I even made note. Well, no, I didn't. Not on your show because we recorded Monday. And wow, you were bang on on some of the numbers we were going to get. Not that it matters. Uh, But I I thought Cantley in sort of breaking down that odds board through Monday or Tuesday and Wednesday. Even on the drop, he was the only player who I felt didn't get like a great bump. If that makes any sense. Like we got Bryson into the 30s, got um Rory into the high 20s like a lot of players in and around Cantley that you might even consider are better than Cantley got nice odds jumps and and he didn't and it's not like he played outstanding in um the Northern Trust so yeah I like he was on a short list for me but I wasn't I took Rory at 28 instead of Cantley at 25 and I didn't really regret it and I would have hated myself on Thursday but hey, that's that's them breaks. Cantley even Parthers front nine Thursday too. So I'm just looking at it right now, like the overall leaderboard going in. <clears throat> Anything else you want to say about the BMW? Shout out to EVR who played himself into East Lake. That's huge for him. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Sergio sort of track. Oh, Swafford bogey doubles 18 to make me have to split a T20 that I had a nine to one T20 Hudson Swaff daddy on. And even his Sunday falling off the pace hurt me because I was a hundred percent swath daddy and my I'm not a bit like hardened DFS guy, but it was all there. Low nine thousands and swath daddy. Uh I, I thought I woke I I I wanted to brag with a screen grab and a statue of me, but just like it always ends, heartbreak. Well, the other stuff going on overseas too, there's a weird situation developing for the European Ryder oh. Cup team. Because Sergio has a chance to play himself onto the team with points now, uh, like in an outlier situation. I don't know if he's going to play Wentworth or not, but I assume that he's going to go over and play well, after the World Championship. There. But now there's a situation where it's both Weisberger 
and Guido can play themselves onto the team with European Cup points to bump Rory off the team because off of the European points list, because that's where Rory is right now, is number four. And then all of a sudden, Rory would be like number one in the world points. So he's in no danger of the missing the team. But if one of those two guys gets a European point spot, Lowry falls out from the World Cup points, putting him back on like the captain's pick spot where he probably would end up being like... We, we've long debated like the European Ryder Cup side where everyone just thinks that they're going to roll with Rose and Sergio and Poulter if those guys want to do it. That's what they're going to do to run everything back. Patty's just going to give it to those guys. I don't know what the answer to that is. I still think that Bobby Mack has made a nice enough run that he probably at least deserves consideration to be on that. But all of a sudden we could be looking at Weisberger or Guido on this team because they're just on it. Yeah, that could happen. Uh, there's only one spot available though, in my opinion, because Rose and... Sorry, Poulter and Sergio are on the team. And if someone bumps them their way out, like if Guido wins and bumps out Lowry, then Guido gets the spot that would have been Rose's or maybe Bobby's. But Bobby hasn't been playing that great on Corn Ferry. You could argue Norin had played better than, than Bobby. Um, you know, that would have been interesting. Had Norin made Eastlake, like you really wouldn't take a guy that just made Eastlake. I, I don't that know. I, I feel like the Norin to the Euro Ryder Cup team is like the Kisner to the U.S. Ryder Cup team. It's like, oh, good. guy had three good tournaments in two years. He's on the Ryder Cup team. No, I don't know. But he had, I, it was just, nobody did their goddamn job. It's just the point that I've been making for a month there. No one did their job. So that leaves Norrin lingering had he gone to Eastlake. And Norrin's going to go to Wentworth, and he's won at Wentworth. Yeah, so maybe, maybe I, he can. You know, I mean. And I say this again. I've made one Italian open bet. It's on Chesco. He's at 50 to 1. What would He wins this week. What do you do then? Yeah, I, I just think that he's been off golf for so long that I know that he was. Sure, but you part him with Tommy, and sure. you say, give me, four se- give me three sessions, Tommy would see what you got yeah i, <laughs> I don't know the, no one did their job no one did their job we have this cavalcade of fight on america because they can overwhelm them and they have the depth of talent but nobody made a fight there's no european sam burns no one did anything so we're just left with this this it's where we are no no one made potty no one forced potty's hand no one Sergio might be the only guy who's like forcing the issue. The he's Euro- on anyway. The, he's on anyway. The Euros are currently plus 180 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And I can see that like the, once the teams are released and people start stacking up the teams next to each other, that might go to like two to one. Okay. I'll be honest. I had a really big Bryson ticket out of DraftKings yesterday that I had to hit up some of our friends, mutual friends in Jersey to make at that 35 to one on the Tuesday morning, Pat. So I had a, a full um a full uh full benjamin on that and in terms of like how we like it almost got to the point like so if we win how do you get you the money and i'm like if i win i just want you to slam Ryder cup because it was 175 and i assume like an american american playoff where both guys really did look amazing has made the line get bigger off of Finau winning last week um so yeah i could see this being 200 220 by the time we kick off yeah, I'm looking at it right now. If you have Ty in as, I mean, they do on DraftKings Sportsbook as well. Like, but Ty, if you're betting America, just to note, you would, the other option is tie or lift the trophy. 
Lift the trophy and tie means the same to America because they need to win by a half point to lift the trophy. So take the better odds. Some books will have different odds, thinking they're getting you, thinking you, you're pushing on a tie. To lift the trophy and you bet America, you would lose on the draw. Draws go to lifting trophy of past champion. Yeah, so to lift the trophy is the same on DraftKings Sportsbook. It's minus 175 USA to win, minus 175 to lift the trophy. If you include... It's a great top, odd. If you include... Yeah, it's probably the best odds on the U.S. that you're going to find because I'm looking at a different spot right now and it's U.S. minus 190, Europe plus 200 with a tie at 11 to 1. So uh, if you do take the tie out of the equation, it's just to lift the trophy, then Europe goes down to plus 135. I don't know what I want to do. We'll do a Ryder Cup show and figure it out. I just want to get your thoughts on like how this team is actually shaping up. So I think we know that. Did anything change? Did Cantlay get enough points to get on the team now? Like, is he a lock? I think so, yeah. I, not that it matters. He's locked anyway. Like, wouldn't matter. But, yeah, he's in. But he was a part of that group that was... Yeah, a part of it. But but he was on the safer part of it. Yes. Because, I mean, as soon as Finau won, it was like, oh, yeah, Finau's most definitely on the team now uh, because of this. And I didn't know if that had bumped down Cantlay or not or how people were feeling with it. Yeah, Cantlay is an auto for it right now. So the auto... I, 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 the autos as we stand, Morikawa, DJ, Bryson, Brooks, JT, and Cantlay. That leaves Finau, Xander, Spieth in the next three spots. They're most definitely on the team. I think Patrick Reed's health is going to decide whether he's on the team or not, but let's say he's on the team. That makes 10. That leaves two spots for English, Berger, Webb, Scheffler, Kokrak, Burns, Horschel, Kisner, Nah, and then there's Phil. Um, who okay, Scheffler's I th- ejected. I mean, what if Scheffler plays really well at Eastlake? He's ne- I love Scheffler. He just, he didn't win. He's got to win. He can't, he's just gone now on merits of not having won. Well, does, does those other players, does that, unfortunately, does that put Webb out of it too? Well, I mean like ever, um, no, I don't think Webb is out of it, out of it, but yeah, in my opinion, Webb is out of it to me. It's a, it's, it's a three, it's a four man list. It's in no particular order, although I would take Burger in English if it was me, but it's Burger, English, Burns, Phil. That's, that's to me, what it, those two spots are down for. If Reed isn't healthy enough, then that's a wild card in all of this. Yeah, if Reed's not healthy enough, I think that's like locks Phil onto the team. But, but they were even saying Burns is so confident in himself that he has made accommodations at Whistling Straits for his family. I think a little too much might be made of that. Because I also believe, like, it's the same way as saying they, they send these guys out like a package. Like, the top 25 guys get a package. Book your hotel. You'll be reimbursed because someone else's families will want them. They're not, like, worried about that. In the same way, they've all sent their shirt sizes and pant sizes and belt sizes and all that stuff. Like, everything, like, because we're so deep into this. These aren't late decisions. But, yeah, Burns, is, they said on the broadcast, he's booked his accommodations. In fairness, family. in fairness, I think that Ricky has probably booked accommodations too. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I th- Billy Horschel might have a comment. Like, just like, I book them. If I have to cancel, I'll sell them to someone else's family. Like, someone else's family will, the USGA will hand them to someone else's family and not bill me. I think it's a very simple thing. They're like, do you want to reserve some places? Yes. Okay. It's part of the early pre-Rider Cup official pick questionnaire that I assume they all get and props to burn as burns as i've said for a couple weeks now the fact that he's even on the mailing lists 
puts into perspective what a goddamn season that man has had. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. And let's be honest, most don't taste very good. They're horrible. They don't fill you up, and they certainly don't satisfy your cravings. But this episode is sponsored by Monk Pack, who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less, Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone living a keto lifestyle, and they're a perfect snack for anyone who just likes to eat good snacks and wants to cut back on sugar. That's me. If you've seen the video version of the Pat Mayo experience lately, you'll see a slim and trim Pat Mayo. Big thing was... Monk Pack sent me a whole bunch of these keto bars, and while I'm not doing a keto diet by any means, I do think that cutting back on sugar and actually having a snack that's not high in calories, that is low in sugar, that isn't horrible, and I actually do like to eat, I thoroughly enjoy it, because they come in delicious flavors like sea salt dark chocolate, caramel sea salt, peanut butter dark chocolate. They're really delicious. I cannot emphasize this enough. I was shocked. I got them in the mail. I opened the box like, all right, here we go. Someone's an advertiser on the show. I'll give it a try. Now, like, they're almost all gone, and my wife's been eating them too. Like, we just really enjoy the monk pack keto nut and seed bars i'm obsessed with these bars and probably eat more than i should at this point so i probably need to scale that back because they're a bit too good right now but i highly suggest you go try it for yourself and you'll see and we have a special d deal for all of our listeners get 20 percent off your first purchase of any monk pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code mayo that's m-a-y-o for those of you who can't spell or read at checkout and Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to MonkPack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product on the site. Then enter code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, at checkout to save yourself 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious nutritious food you can count on and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast let's talk about the tour championship we're going to east lake east lake in atlanta like we do every single year for the tour championship we'll get to the wonky rules in a second and how this all kind of plays itself out but east lake is 7346 yards it's a par 70 i think that it's a more difficult sedge field, a more, and like there's crossover with sawgrass. It's a Donald Ross design. It's a short Bermuda par 70. I mean, it's not short, short, obviously. It's 70, 7,346 yards. Maybe Valspar at the same time could be a bit of a correlation, but I don't like betting this tournament. I think it's a horrible tournament to bet. I actually prefer, if I'm going to bet it, is to bet without starting strokes. I, this. The starting with the starting strokes, and right now, if you want the complete run-through of what's going on, let me pull it up here. I just had to pull it up. Cantlay is the leader going into this. He's going to start at minus 10. Bryson's minus 8. Finau's minus 7. Rom is minus 6. Cameron Smith, minus 5. Thomas, English, Answer, Spieth, and Burns are all minus 4. Morikawa, Sungjae, Hovland, Louis, Dustin are all minus three. Then it's the rest of them at minus two, minus one, and even all the way down to the 19th spot because I don't think that Patrick Reed is going to play, so it would only be 29 players in the field. So here's the problem. If you bet it with strokes, here's what we're looking at right now in terms of odds. John Rahm is the favorite at plus 350. Cantlay's four to one. Bryson's five and a half to one. Finau is seven to one. 
Thomas, 14, Spieth, 18, DJ, 20, Xander and Rory, 25, Cameron Smith, 28. And all of that is baked in with starting position. Without starting position, Rahm is 6-1, to one, Xander is 11, Rory's 12, so is Dustin. And then you have Thomas at 14, Bryson at 16, Spieth at 16, Brooks and Cantlay, Louie all at 20 with Finau and Scotty Scheffler. Morikawa is 22-1. to one. Coming off a really disastrous week again. Maybe he is hurt. Maybe he's just going through a slump. We saw him go through a slump after he won the PGA Championship Burnout. last year as well. But this is where he got his mojo back was actually at Eastlake because he had so many points that he was guaranteed to make Eastlake. And he actually played really well at Eastlake last year despite being in a funk coming in. Yeah, I don't know. Rory made those burnout comments at the start of last week that some people overreacted to. To me, 90% of these guys have burnout. And as much as you might think the young guys would have the least amount of burnout, I would argue it's all a whirlwind. Like a lot of the experience, including the Olympics, the guy won a major. I mean, what a crazy little bit. So, yeah, I think burnout, I'm not really thinking injury, but maybe he's not, you know, a lot of these guys are probably battling something. Hopefully he can get nice and rested. And the great part about him other than like a Hovland is he can be a passenger at the Ryder cup and it won't affect the team. Victor can't Um, back to this board, Pat. I believe everything you said last week was our last true pre-tournament sweat. Uh, We're essentially betting a live tournament. It's like they've already played around. These are live lines to bet without the starting strokes. There are a few options that I look forward to bringing that, that I'll talk to you about here, but I wonder motivation. Like, do they know, do they care? Um, or is it as simple as like a baseball player in September is going to the plate four times that day. He's just going to try to win his battle. And it doesn't matter if his team is 30 games out of a playoff spot. Like, I don't know if these guys to, like, are you going to be, do they ever pay attention to the starting, the non-starting strokes? Um, it's just a weird dynamic. That being said, there's a better two there where I believe I would make it. Yeah. Yeah. What what I think that they should do for the tour championship is I think they have the right idea with these starting strokes because you have to make the playoffs worth something that maybe you play two days of the starting strokes and then the top eight play match play the final two days. Maybe that's the solution. What about early match play that doesn't involve the top guys and then we get to something on the weekend i don't i don't know i would be in favor of it the match play i will say you know i i'm not a fedex cup truther i think the format is unequal um no real fault of the tours in the sense that a lot of the events outside of majors and wgc's they have the same points but they don't have the same fields but they're not going the tour doesn't want to insult an event by limiting its points and they want to do the best they can to encourage the best players they can to go. So they're going to give it full points. If that makes any sense, it's a weird situation. That being said, you hit on something, Pat, one thing these FedEx cup events do do, and we'll get it this weekend. We'll get it Sunday. We're going to get a great F and final pairing with two or three super elites, maybe four in the pack playing for 15 million. Just like we got that Brooks Rory showdown a couple years ago, Like, I can't stand what this is right now from having to make content, from having to talk betting, but the golf fan in me loves what this sort of turns into on Sunday. And from a tour TV perspective, I think that's all they want. Like the starting strokes get irrelevant for the guys that just watch the weekend. You know what I mean? Like so many golf fans don't even watch Thursday, Friday. 
yeah, in some ways. Yeah, but, yeah, but the way that you have to look at it is it hasn't been all that close on Sundays. Like there's been a, like a little scare here and there with the adjusted points. Rory beat Xander by four, and Xander won the week. He had the lowest score of the week, and he lost by four to Rory two years ago. And Dustin won by three last year over Xander and Justin Thomas. With actually no, sorry, uh, Rory Rory was the lowest two years ago. <laughs> Xander was the lowest, just 72 hole last year. But that put him within three shots of Dustin, who didn't have to play his best golf. Like. I don't know. I, it feels like the Sunday dramatics are less intense for the 15 million. Like, as weird as it sounds, and maybe it's because it was Tiger when Tiger got his win here, but Rose won the 15 million bucks. Like, that at least felt like a great Sunday. Yeah. I listen, I debate, we have a heated debate. Like, you could just play the clip from last year instead of us doing it again. Like, I've been hard on this format in the past. I don't think it's that difficult to follow two leaderboards. Goddamn NASCAR fans can follow two leaderboards and decipher what means what and start all these guys at, at no stroke advantage. You know, I mean, like NASCAR fans could do it. Obviously, golf fans, I'd hope, could figure out what the two leaderboards mean and how to decipher them. Yeah, but that, but that, think, but that, but that only makes it that think, only makes a difference to betters. Like, like, no one gives a shit what the actual score is for the people. They they don't. No, but I don't even mean just betters. That's like saying NASCAR cares about its betters. Oh, like, I'm just saying you could have two simultaneous leaderboards, and I think the tour completely overrates how hard the golf fan would have figuring out what's going on. Also, when you consider the majority of golf fans, probably, I mean, I'm not, but the majority of you are probably highly educated, bright people who could figure it out. So... I, I don't know. Whatever they're doing now, I don't love. But when we get two elites battling on Sunday, I would love it. But you're telling me my perception is dead effing wrong. So I'm back to hating it. <laughs> and maybe we'll get a year where it works out seamlessly. And maybe we've had two years with how just it didn't work out the way that it's supposed to work out. Who knows? Like, it's it's really tough to to play that. But the guy winning going into it both times is why maybe that's his reward for being at the top of the standings. Very clearly it was in the $15 million paycheck that goes along with it. But I don't know. I feel like eventually we'll get this right. We're just not there yet. And maybe we're making steps to see what works and what doesn't work in terms of the betting. Here's what I thought was weird. Justin Thomas is 14 to one to win without starting strokes. He's also 14 to one to win with starting strokes. Now he'd have to make up six strokes in order to win without strokes. And you'd have to think if he did that, he'd win without starting strokes anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah. That was one thing that caught my eye quickly when sort of comparing how these odds were put out. Um, Pat and he's played well at East Lake before so that did that did catch my eye certainly I don't really have any bets for anyone I don't want to bet this one do you not really not at all um I, I might tempted... I, you know what I might blind bet Morikawa 22 to 1 without strokes just because it's Morikawa and every time he drops down from the super elites just bet him and that's been a profitable move I mean, I would make a case that I, I've thought about this, Pat. Just betting John Rom mm -hmm. without strokes. Like, I like I think there's got to... I mean, he's been so close. He plays great every week. I think he just goes absolutely nuclear. Um, I, I actually want to argue he's been quite composed on the golf course when you consider what John Rom should behave like when he feels he might have had three more wins in the last... 10 months or sorry, 
uh, eight to 10 weeks or whenever since the U.S. Open was. Does feel like he's left three or four tournaments on the table. I think he just, I, I, I think he steams it. And I think for a guy like Rom, being in a chaser position is, is what burns the belly. He's not used to this, this role. He's not you, even though he's still the chalk, even with the, even dropping four points, right? You said on the other board, he's minus three or plus 350. Yeah. But Rom on, on the other side, seven, 750. I don't want to bet this event. I don't want to bet it hard. Football's in a week. We just, I don't know, golf's been great, but this event doesn't do it for me. If, if, if Fantasy National wants to pop me some information and say, get on that guy or, or, or sorry, beep. If any book is just being really lazy with the format and how things are going and we can catch something, maybe I can get in. And if it becomes a two horse race, uh, maybe I'd bet it like a football game Sunday because I'm sure they're going to watch it all day. If it's like a one V two sort of thing um, like this week turned into or this past week. But I, I, I can't commit. The only thing I'm dumb enough to think I need to bet is, is Hovland with starting strokes because I always like betting him to win by multiple strokes. And this would technically be way harder than that. Yeah. How, how far ba- way back? How far back did I say he was? Hovland starts at minus three. So he starts seven back. Like Sungjae is yeah. someone who's playing better that plays these types of courses really well. But even to bet him without starting strokes, where is Sungjae? 35 to one? Like that's potentially doable. 35 to one without starting strokes for Sungjae. I don't hate that, but I'd rather bet Morikawa at 22. And for Christ's sake, he could be hurt and be dead last so that's i think that's the only bet i'm gonna make morikawa without strokes 22 to 1 and i think i will be watching the board live because i will be watching it and if something presents itself then it presents itself if not fun betting golf this year we'll be back in two weeks <laughs> yeah i will say really having to make a pick though the rory at 12 or justin at 14 without starting strokes would yeah. be the two bets that i might like if i chose not to just bet rom i never bet rom but i don't know these bets my bets would be so micro this week i'd be i don't even like what they have to pay because i don't want to i'm not dropping pieces i'm done dropping pieces for the season season's over yeah time to cultivate that bankroll for for nfl season like i said i put you have to put a very minuscule amount of your bankroll by depositing 100 bucks onto prizepicks.com using code mmn or the link in the description and you'll be eligible for every week of the props pool which there are going to be prizes for weekly prizes for season prizes for just go do that that'll be a lot of fun we can shit talk each other too um you want to talk about a war? I have nothing else to say about the tour championship. I really do. I guess I think it would be really fun. The one, I'll tell you what I'm rooting for, actually. Um, rooting for, like, Finau to win this and win $15 million and it just be this really, I don't know, be like, okay, so I guess he can win now and then win again. Because um, he's right there, right? He's three or four back? Yeah, he's four back, three back. Three, I think, because he's in third. Yeah, he's three back. He starts three back of Cantlay. I mean, I don't want to bet him seven to one with starting strokes, um, but that would be the most feel-good thing for me, looking at the guys at the top. And I mean, realistically to you, how many guys would you put realistic win equity, forgetting odds, um, that can actually win this with the strokes? 12? I would say I would say that anyone starts like minus. Four and I, like, I think you'd have to be at least minus four. 
at, yeah, you gotta, uh, of where you start. So that range of like Burns, Spieth, Answer, English, and Thomas, I think you could get a winner from there. Potentially, they'd have to play out of their minds though. And you have like English and Answer at 28 with the starting strokes. And Not a, I don't want to do it. And Burns is 40 to one. Maybe he just gets hot on the greens. We're back on Bermuda. It's a shorter like, course. This is imagine how you would feel, Pat, if it was like, let's say you didn't make any bets on a golf tournament. And you, you, you're traveling and you get home and you didn't bet the tournament and you check the, the, the scoreboard and the odds board on Thursday night, which is essentially what this board will feel like. And you're like, yeah, I don't mind that guy, but holy shit, he has to pass Rom and Cantley and like these seven guys are like, yeah, even at 28 to one, I don't care about English or answer having to pass those seven guys. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. But Burns at 40 intriguing but what is he with that's not bad actually like that, that's just the best that's just the best odds out of those guys and then you know he then he clinches a Ryder cup spot if he wins and everything like yeah, that but what's but he's, he's so 30 cool and- but here's the thing he's 35 to one to win without starting strokes so that's a better bet i agree it, he's so cool and confident right now i i, I may i mean if yeah i mean almost just for fun i could bet sam burns i'm so in into him right now like a lot of people are yeah all right let's do some awards for the year i want to start with player of the year who is your player of the year because i think i i can give you the short list of guys who i think are on that and i think they all have weirdly compelling cases like you have rom who i think would win the award as best player this year it seemed like he was involved in everything every single week and just somehow he was the betting favorite every single time Cantlay won the most but he won the Zozo he won a playoff event and he won Memorial Morikawa won twice but he won a WGC and a major and he was less consistent but his highs were higher than anyone else's Kokrak wins twice it's not going to be him I think it's a three-way race between Rom Cantlay and Colin Morikawa I think those are the three am I missing anyone I don't think so. I don't think there's a case to be made for anyone else, Pat. It's really, it's a tough call. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to lean Morikawa. The WGC and the major really do a lot for me. I absolutely adore. I've bet on Cantley for three of his five wins now. Shriners second Memorial, which was this year and the Zozo at the Zozo, the field was strong, but that was like supposed to be a Japanese swing season event. Like, so you lose half a point, like almost two third. Like, did he win three events or did he win like 2.2 events? Yeah, yeah, but the weird thing is that that field was probably better than the Memorial field. No, I that field was really good because guys stayed and guys hadn't been playing a lot. So it got a great field. So it's just weird. And in my mind, I sort of quantify the year as Christmas and beyond. And then, so there's that win. And then the Memorial, I'm saying, well, if like a win's worth a whole point, that's worth like 0.2 of a point. Yeah, I fucked up. So it's like, I, I was barely listening to the broadcast. Like I was taking care of the kids and getting them ready for bed. And out of the corner of my ear, Azinger was talking about Cantley and his big wins. And all I heard was, and then he ran down Rom for the win. And I was like, is he really saying that he ran down Rom at Memorial? And then hey. I tweeted it out. And then I was like, no, he was talking about Zozo. I was like, oh, I'm the idiot now. So I yeah. should probably just keep my mouth shut about these things. But. Oh, that's something, and I love Cantley. Like Cantley is a Cantley on a Sunday. Like for what we think about a Patrick, like like just in terms of, um, I don't remember the Shriner. I actually remember his Shriner win was convincing, but the but the Mahoney wins of having to run down a Rami at Ozozo. 
for getting the ROM withdrawal, he had to outduel Colin Morikawa for that memorial. He had to battle yesterday in a strong field. So he's got this great track record. And I even tweeted at Sarah, like this guy, he does not relent um, one bit. This is what it comes down to for me, though. He lost in a playoff to Morikawa at the memorial. And I'm not trying to glad hand the playoff no, no, he, loss. He, he... No, he he beat Morikawa. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, he beat. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to make my case for Morikawa getting it. Um, hey, the case is Morikawa won a major. <laughs> yeah, no, Cantley and did, I'm saying the Cantley, one of the events that Cantley was yeah, relatively okay, uncom- make a case. Cantley was I'm uncompetitive my- in the majors, essentially. The WGC and the major is worth more than Cantley's two, in my opinion, and then Cantley's extra little point smidgen of the Memorial Morikawa lost in a multi-hole playoff too. So by a nose or not, it's for me, it's just, it's Colin Morikawa. Um, But like you said, you can, someone, if I've never watched golf before, someone could easily talk me into Cantley, or you could tell me Feinberg, you got to come on this show and debate Cantley. I could convince someone it should be Cantley. No, easy. I could do it easy, but I'm picking Morikawa. I think it's, I mean, I think Cantley's third. I think Morikawa's just overall wins are better than Cantley's. And just, I mean, so much is just predicated on major performance throughout the course of the year. Those are the important tournaments. And Cantley, I think his best finish was T15 at the U.S. Open. He, or at the, yeah, he missed the cut at the Open Championship. He missed the cut at the Masters. He missed the cut at the Players. And he went through a rough stretch earlier in the season, too. And he did, he, I think he was like the he, the odds-on favorite to win at Pebble. And he ended up coming like fifth or something like that when Berger, Spieth, and nasty Nate Lashley uh, kind of got to him. Because he had that huge Sunday the weekend before when C. Wu won. It, at the American Express, he was like 12 under on Sunday to come all the way back and finish in a tie with Finau for second. But I, you could just blindly give it to Rom. I think. You really could. But like, here are Rom's here results this season. So since last year, T23, T17, 2nd, 7th, 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 13th, 5th, 32nd, 9th, 5th, miscut, 34th, 8th, 1st, 3rd, 3rd, 9th. It's pretty, it's a hell of a run. You could. I wouldn't debate any of it. You want to give the player of the year to the best player on the planet? It's sort of like in some ways, Pat, where, yeah, someone might win the MVP, but everyone's like, no, LeBron or Jordan were actually the best players. You can spread that thing around if you want to. Um, yeah, I, I I could debate it for Rom, too. Did Rom, but- miss, did Rom miss the PGA Championship? No, he didn't. So he was... Third at the Open, first at the U.S. Open, eighth at the PGA Championship, ninth at the Players, and fifth at the Masters. So and yeah. he's going to win the fifteen million dollars. I mean, that would I mean, we're, 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 do, we're, we're doing it. this before. Like, if you win, if you win the U.S. Open, have a top ten at all four majors and the Players, and you win the Tour Championship, that locks him into Player of the Year. Obviously. Okay, I'm going to give him Player of the Year. I actually think he's going to win this week starting strokes, not starting strokes. He's going to do whatever it was. Who did it a couple years ago? They want every format. Okay. So it, I, I would say as of today, Morikawa is my player of the year. Rama has been by far the best player, but he, he probably needs to win the tour championship to actually win that award. But if Cantley wins the tour championship, what does that mean? Yeah, he wins. Okay. It would give Simple. him two. It would give him two more wins than anyone else this year or this season. Yeah. Good for him. Um, okay, what, what are the other random awards that I got here? I have the Michael Kim Award for best performance by a shitty player. 
It doesn't need to be as bad as Michael Kim, but just like, oh my god, how did that happen? Do we have any of those this year? I don't know. Is, is it Matt, Matt Jones? Matt Jones is the one that comes. Like, he's not a bad player, but the way that he won at Honda was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have another one. I don't know. Like, how far do you want to go back? Streb beat uh, Brian Gay, but that was a bad tournament, right? Yes, Streb is an interesting one. He won the RSM, and that was like, what? Yeah, and he outdueled Kisner in a playoff, which really annoyed me. Um, but in terms of the actual season, the Honda field was so bad, though, Pat. Remember, it got really crushed, so I don't even know how to quantify um, that one. Say that one more. Oh, can I give Can I give you my answer? Can you just phrase it one more time? I just said the, the, the Michael Kim Award for most it's from when Michael Kim won the John Deere classic and had yeah. the, be- the best tournament of any player all season in an event. Okay. So the best, the worst player who won an event, like not, that's what we're, no, it's not the worst player who won an event. It was like the most dominating performance by a player who we just don't consider to be all that good. Okay. This is easy. And it can fill a lot of boxes. It's Phil Mickelson at the PGA championship. That's interesting. That's not, I- I think we're in a Truman Show simulation. This guy's winning Kiowa Island. Like, okay, what else can you control? I'm just saying. Michael Kim Award winner in 2021. It's Phil Mickelson, man. Yeah, I think that it is. I'm just like, because all the other winners are, I mean, KH Lee killed it at Byron Nelson. Horrible field. But he he crushed everyone. (laughs) Okay, fine. Honorable KH Lee. I'd say Matt Jones is a part of that as well. Maybe the worst field ever. Yeah, but I mean, it's but not yeah. Michael. Michael Kim won the John Deere Classic. Like, it's not like he okay. went out and beat luminaries. You're right. Sorry to 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 the ward of its extent. You're absolutely right. My first like instinct was Matt Jones when sort of scrolling through the winners. KH Lee makes perfect sense. Phil Mickelson probably had longer odds than all of them. Martin Laird outdueled my poor poor Matthew Wolf at Shriners in that playoff. That was devastating. Yeah, yeah that up and down was like. Thoughts I was thinking about for shots of the year. That, Mark, that Martin, a Martin layered up and down. Yeah, on seventeen behind that tree. It's like, oh my yeah. god, he made it. This is not good. Uh, who's the rookie of the year? Is it is it Zawatoris or is it Higo? I'm gonna say Zawatoris because like Higo's just kind of like a shooting star. He showed up for a day. He might be. He'll be. I don't know what his full status is. Well, he has um, full status because he won. No, I mean, like, I don't know what sort of schedule. Like, is he totally, I assume he's totally going to abandon European tour next year, like outside of a couple events that he wants to go play. Uh, I'm going to give it Zal Torres, but that could be a cop-out. Who that could the, be a cop-out. Who are the other good rookies? I'm just trying to think. Those were the only two that kind of sprung to my mind. I guess Bobby Mack was technically a PGA rookie. Uh, or does he even qualify? Because he had to go to a Corn Ferry Tour to get status. I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, I'm this isn't this isn't sure. a great one for us. Yeah, I'll pull it up. It's here. honestly been, but a couple years, it's been kind of like a an easy one and a fun one. This one didn't really have that. Uh, Willie Z. For for sure, stole some of the show there. Yeah, Zalatoris, Higo, Bobby Mack, Victor Perez, Justin S, my guy, really let me down in the season long draft. Guido, Herbert, Aaron Rye, Pendrith, Batia, Tigala, 
Antoine Rosner's Dietrich. Like it's all like guys who are good on the European tour who decided to play over in America and then Zalator. It's Zalatoris. <laughs> okay. Who's the best player who didn't win? I mean, that like that's not just for the season, right? That's a bigger label, or how do we want to call this? For the season, like who was the best player? Then it's Dustin John. Dustin Dustin won the Masters. I mean, Xander got that Olympics, which you know that field strength. Yeah, but he won. Yeah, JT got his players. Rory got Quail Hollow. Brooks even found uh, waste management, even in less starts than than most. Louis. Like, I don't know who. I think, I think it's Louie. I think Louie had the who's best the year without winning. The short, who's the shortest odds that never won? I mean, Sheff, Scheffler could be that player, though, Pat. But, 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 but Louie Louis was better than Scheffler was. You're right. Well, then we can spring this into the, like, who's the best player in the world without a win you respect? Like, do we count Fleetwoods and Fitzpatrick wins? Because if we do, then it's Scheffler. You mean best player who's never won before? I don't know. I guess is is that yeah, or, is that what you're saying? I, answer and Finau winning have sort of taken the cover off of some guys. Like Shrapnel's there to get hit on new people. So who are they? I guess. Yeah, Scheffler. I do think that Fitzpatrick and Tommy winning worldwide and winning multiple times worldwide doesn't really keep the heat on them at all. Like I feel like people know that they have won. They just haven't won on the PGA Tour. It's like Louis hasn't I, won in America. Like no one really cares. He won the British Open. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. And Scheffler, it feels like I don't want to throw any stones on Scheffler. He's just so good and still so young to think he's, but but he's he's got himself that label. He might have himself that label, Pat. Got him. Maybe. I, I would like to give a special shout out to Stuart Sink this year for this season for winning twice. That was him and Kokrak just kind of, not that Kokrak wasn't good enough. He just put it together all at the right time. Who was your favorite scrub this year? Just that you enjoyed rooting for. I guess I got caught in a bit of a Taylor Gooch orbit this year. Um, I, th- I, I, like, I thoroughly enjoyed Vince Whaley for like five weeks in a row. That was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Taylor Gooch would have to be um, a scrub that I found myself committed to often. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else I just really enjoyed from like the bottom of the pricing. I got back on Kadira for a while. That was fun. Yeah. He, he had four top 20s in a row at one point. All right. Last one. Right? I don't know. This, Always. This, this is the big, this is a great award show. Uh, this is the last one. And I think it's gonna be the most fun one. What is the best moment of the year? Because I think there's a clear winner, but we can debate some of the other ones that personally mean a lot to us. So I think that if we're going to take a poll or people vote on what the best moment of the year is or even best scene of the year, it's Phil winning the PGA Championship and getting mobbed walking down 18. That's the moment of the year. Yeah, agreed. But but not for me. Was I, I think that Homa missing that putt on 18 at Riviera triggered like some of the most watchable like 40 minutes in golf. But was that any different than Adam Scott's miss a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it felt like a bigger deal than the Wyndham Championship. 
Because it let because it, it was... let Finau back into it. Then Finau was going to win, and Homo's up against the tree, and then Homo ended up making par anyway, and then he ended up winning the tournament. Like the odd swing from that event was just outrageous. Yeah, um, that was a great moment. I don't know. I'm like gonna be super corny and maybe generic or even cliche. Like Hideki winning the Masters and the caddy bow, like that's gonna live. Phil's gonna live. Rom, I believe Rom is like this. The, no the, one's calling it a. F- I would say the two putts, seventeen and eighteen putts for Rom, is a is up there. Yeah, not only that. I mean, even there was a debate post those two majors, like which major was more memorable or exciting. And for me, it was the it was the unpopular decision. But I picked the U.S. Open because, like, going to that back nine with with Brooks and Rory and Morikawa and and Bryson and Rom and Louie, like that was crazy. Like, no one knew how that was going to end, and Rom had to hit those putts. Um, so I had a lot of fun with all that. What an amazing year of of majors. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the scene is Phil. The scene is Phil. The one history will. We'll take Phil with it and it'll take Hideki with it. And in all honesty, Rom, if he's half as good as I believe he is, that being his first, that's that's gonna be one and we'll remember for forever. I, I don't think we've ever been left with a major season as memorable in some ways. Like like lasting memory of of all of them. It's true for he... special reasons in its own right. Rom, we're gonna see Arrow, Hideki. For me and you, Pat, and a lot of people who have been along the ride for us and have joined up at any point, anyone in and around our age, like Hideki has been as 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 a part of this game that we've talked about and fought like than anybody. Like, if you know what I mean, kind of. So, you know, in all those years and those smaller booths, betting him to win majors at like 20 to or whatever, and whatever. It was great. It was great. I got so many good feelings even thinking about all three of those majors. And I, don't forget Morikawa, but yeah, well, the more the Morikawa one was just he has made every 10 foot putt and it never felt like it ever got away from him once Sunday came along and Louis didn't play well out of the gate and then Speeth made those bogeys. Like there has to be something with Speeth because uh, like the two biggest storylines, like who do you think the two biggest stars right now? in terms of attention are on the tour? Because I think it's Spieth and I think it's Bryson. I don't think it's close. I would agree. I would totally Those guys doing anything just seems to generate reaction, good or bad, whatever. But those two guys can get attention. And it's it's been all good with Spieth so far this season. Like him winning, I think, was a really cool moment. Uh, Just to say he came all the way back. He finally won. It was a bit of a nothing tournament, but he won it. In... No, it felt great. And his play all year, it's great. It's great to see him back. I only don't cheer for him in majors. I can't do a recap in my mind without bringing this up to you because I have two things in my notes and it feels like forever ago burgers, but people losing their mind when Reed cheated at Tory Pines and Juan. Like, oh yeah. Forgotten. I did forget. And, that. and Tiger, I don't want to say Tiger not dying, but you know, Tiger, um, so those were two early season moments that feel forever ago, but they, they've held with me the whole time. Yeah, the JT's drive on the 72nd hole at the players, that low 
right to left, three would like hook around the water that stayed out for him to win the players was pretty awesome. Bryson making eagle on 16 to get himself back into it. Then we had the entire Florida Lee, Lee Westwood run when he could have won three times. Yeah, the Florida Lee, and I guess for images, the Bryson Drive. Yeah, the like Bryson that, Drive at Bay Hill. Yeah, that that that's probably a top image as well. And um, before we get out, it, does the fact that no one like every how do I put this? Does Justin Thomas just get free passes because no one cares? Like, yes, he has one major and he wins a lot, but we never be like Justin Thomas hasn't won a major since 2017, Pat. It's been a lot of majors for a player that number one in the world does a lot. I don't even know where he's been contending in majors, but he's so forgettable. Like, I don't want to say forgettable, but I don't know. He's so, no one gives a shit that like, we don't even talk about it in that respect. Well, I think that's where he wants to be because look how much like heat Rory gets for not having won a major recently. He hasn't won since 2014, but winning the players, winning a tour championship, Justin Thomas has done both those things too. So he's sort of like less memorable Rory. And it really worked to his advantage earlier this year when he got caught dropping homophobic slurs on the course. And then everyone just kind of forgot about it two weeks ago because no one cared about Justin Thomas. And I believe he'll be kitted up in a nice RLX Rafflor and in and whistling straight. So maybe we can. Oh, they got they I got they got him back on the team. No, but I, it's you don't wear your your you, yeah. you wear it's USGA spot like it's um the only thing they can wear of their own is their shoes. Okay. All right, that's it for me. Any any final thoughts on this PGA season before we break into football? No, it was, it, I don't know. They all feel, what a crazy way to end it. I don't know. Bryson Brooks, Ryder Cup. Is it just, it's old news because U.S. romps them. That's my prediction. Yeah, who, who is the Webb Simpson of this year? Is it Harris English or Kokrak? Or Stuart Sink, I suppose. Of guy who just got markably better out of nowhere. It's, it's English, right? English. Yeah, English. I asked you, like, who's the guy that sort of changed your perception of them again? And we had English as our answer last year. And you're like, no, him literally going from like the 30th best player to now like the 12th best player. He went another level of like player again, where you can make the case like Burns is another player who, what we thought he could like before the year to what he is now, what a leap, but even a high English started our thoughts, even winning the TOC to where it went to as the season ends is, was quite a remarkable year for him again. At GFeinberg17 on Twitter, you can catch us Wednesdays on Mayo Media Network and the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast feed. Rate and review that, by the way. Help us out over there for the Week 1 NFL Spread Pick Show. The show of the year. It's everyone's favorite show, the Week 1 show. We've already done the NFC totals. AFC is out on Thursday. And then we're into football season, and golf will be back just like the race to the Mayo Cup will be in January. So thank you for sticking with us this golf season. I will still be doing DraftKings breakdowns every week in season for the tournaments, but the betting show has been pushed to the side. Fantasy Golf Degenerates with Tambo and Kenny Kim will be up on Mayo Media Network every week, though, breaking down the betting and DraftKings side of all the tournaments. That is not going anywhere. Neither is the European Tour Pick Show. Next time you hear Jeff and I talking golf together, it'll be for the Ryder Cup, so tune back in. Smash the like and sub to the channel on the way out. Thank you for the great season. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.